Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, my name is Giles Brandreth and I'm sitting in the sitting room of my friend Susie Dent. And we're here in Oxford with her lovely log fire crackling away in the background to talk about words. This is the first of the editions of Something Rhymes with Purple for 2020. 2020. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. We had a lovely opening year last year. More than a million people actually managed to download our show yes our conversation we are about words and language genuinely very grateful i was really touched actually by some of the letters that we got so thank you for those i got a letter from somebody for new year saying can you do something about the over political correctness that there is becoming into our language Mm -hmm. she sent me the example that she'd come across somebody was um anxious about giving bad news and had sent a text along the lines of, are you in the right headspace to receive information that could possibly hurt you? Are you in the right headspace? headspace. Well, what I mean, space we, do we need to be in? Well, that's, oh, a, that, that's sort of going on now. Uh, the things that I'm hoping to avoid this year is reaching out. Yes. Can I can I reach out to you? Yes. Oh, we, we we need to reinstate our word jail because we used to get some fantastic suggestions from listeners for what needs to be imprisoned forever. Never let out. Appropriate space. <laughs> I'm putting in the word jail straight Going away, forward. if you don't mind. Going forward. In they go. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Now, have you been getting around at Christmas? How have you been getting around? I have been getting around in my new Tesla. Wow. How's it going? An electric it's the charging going right. Have you got your own charging point? It's a nightmare. <laughs> I don't like to think what the electricity bill will be. It goes from 0 to 60. Uh, the insurance has gone through the roof. Well, the car goes from 0 to 60. In, in a matter of three seconds, if Excellent. you put your foot down too hard, there's nothing on the dashboard. It's all like a computer. I've only been allowed to go in it once. This is the first new car that you've ever had? The first brand new car yes. we have ever had. We've yes. always had second-hand cars. We began with a sort of Ford Cortina with a little Go Faster stripe down one side. We've now got this Tesla. I'm so terrifying in it. On, on private land, it's <laughs> I all right. I you're terrifying in it. I am terrifying in it. I'm terrified <laughs> of it. I, I stand in the forecourt. I'm able to press a button and say, come to me. And it does open the garage door and comes out and sits there. No. But I've only... That's on it's private land. It's like a little land. robot dog. It's like a robot. Once you get out on the road, you have to manage it. I'm not managing it This is not well. self-driving. It's, it could be but you're not allowed to yet on the roads in this country. So I've let my wife do all the driving. She drives beautifully. Mm. But it's silent. It's silent. Yeah. So I may be having to go by cab in future, which is why (laughs) 
We are here today because I want you to tell me all about the words associated with the world of cabbies. Yes. Well, I wrote a book a little while ago in which I interviewed various groups of people who were united by a profession or united by a passion, a hobby, and the language that they spoke, the sort of individual, unique tribal language that they conversed in. And I have to say, my times in the back of black cabs in London were amongst my happiest. Uh, We all know that London cabbies are really chatty, quite voluble, um, always quite strong-willed and strong-minded. And uh, and it was fantastic. And of course, their profession, or at least their service, goes back to 1636, when Charles I, I think it was, launched the world's oldest taxi service. And um, he granted permission for 50 hackney carriages to trade on the streets of London. Ever wondered why they're called I was about to say, why are they called hackney carriages? Well, because 300 years before that time, um, the grassland of Hackney Marshes in London, uh, which is northeast, isn't it, of the city, um, became renowned for the horses that were bred there. And they were riding horses as opposed to destrier, which were horses used for war or sort of working horses, if you like. They were hackney horses made available for hire. They pulled hackney carriages around London and became so commonplace that we now talk about journalistic hacks as well because they are everywhere and repeat the same thing. So these were hardworking, quite jaded, jade in that sense, also termed for worn out horse. They got the name from Hackney Marshland and they gave black cabs the name Hackney Carriages. That's amazing. So the Hackney Cab owes its name to Hackney Marshes. The hack, the journalist, it's so commonplace. Mm-hmm. So that's the same origin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And cab comes from where? Cabs comes from cabriolet. Um, so that again was a, Sounds like a, a horse chocolate drawn. drink. Oh, I'll have a cabriolet, please. <laughs> yes, that again was a um, a horse drawn carriages. So many, often on countdown, actually, we get a lot of words for carriages. We have a fiacre, we have a charrette, we have these a are all French hour. words, aren't they? Uh, a lot of them are. Limousine, of course, goes back to limousine. Um, a chauffeur was quite interesting. A chauffeur was originally the engineer or, or sort of driver who would stoke the fires of, uh, of the sort of steam carriages, if you like. Um, so that kind of originally... Chauffeur, as in heating chauffeur, up, the French up, word heating up. So, mm. The stoker on a train became the chauffeur in a car. Yeah. The person who Riding heats the up limousines. the car. Yes. And Driving coach, the limousines. The fiacre... Fiacre is, um, I can't actually remember the distinctions between all of them. But there are different kinds of carriages. And they were handsome cabs in London, weren't they? Well, not two wheels, sorry. Two horses, four horses. Troika, of course, from Russian three. Um, And there were two wheels and four wheels. There were little carts with two wheels and there were four wheels. Sherlock Holmes is endlessly saying, I'm going to get a four four wheeler or get me a handsome. Handsome being a person who in early Victorian times uh, lent his name to a certain type of cab. Yeah, H-A-N-S-O-M. A uh, coach came from a place in Hungary, Koch. So coaches... The coach? Yeah, the coaches are really quite exotic coach and beginning. As coach, coach comes horses. from a place. What's the place mm. called? Koch. It's uh, K-O-S-Z, I think. Koch. How wonderful. Mm. So the limousine comes from Limousse and the coach uh, lim- comes from Koch. It comes from uh, Limousin. 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 The limousine comes from Limousin and the coach comes from Koch. Exactly. Excellent. Exactly. Um, but I had such a good time talking to other cabbies, as I say, because um, not only do they have a fantastic lexicon, but also there are more and more now, I mean, still very low percentage, but of female cabbies and their experiences were, were interesting as well. One said to, to me, we keep ourselves to ourselves because many of the older drivers don't want to admit that we can do it. But she was particularly brilliant on cabology, as it's called, so cabbie speak, which is wonderful. And, of course, 
London I mean, there's a big discussion in, in our capital city as to whether private hire firms can have a license, et cetera. Um, but black cabbies have held their own for such a long time. And should we go into some of their language? It's wonderful. Yes. Oh, well, first of all, I should just say, a lot of people will have heard of the knowledge, which is the test that London cabbies have to pass. And it's extraordinary and extraordinarily detailed. You know, they have to learn the geography of the capital off by heart. Um, it was introduced, uh, I think, in 1851. Around. It was complaints from visitors to the Great Exhibition who oh. said... Our cabbies do not know the way. Of course, no sat-navs in those days. And it was a Victorian police commissioner who then said, the knowledge, capital T, capital T, had to be learned first. But what's really interesting is there was a study um, that showed that the part of our brain responsible for um, spatial awareness and navigation, the hippocampus, was much greater, much bigger in London cabbies than in the general population. Gosh. And they think it's because of the knowledge. Grow your hippocampus mm. and the knowledge. Yeah. Well, learning new things is good for, well, yeah, we've talked for the about memory this, and the we? mind, isn't it? And Fantastic. Warding off dementia and all sorts of things, haven't oh. we? Shall we talk about some of the I want you to. Okay. Well, just interrupt me if you have any stories for I'll these, give you a tip. You love if your you stories. Do it properly. Do people still give tips to cabbies? They do. Yes, they do it on, on the card now. It's all done it's by It's quite machine. interesting because a cabbie explained to me that tips had gone out a bit. Younger people don't, older people, people of my generation, expect to give tips. Yeah. Younger people didn't. But now that people are paying by card, it gives you the option of 5%, 10%. So, in fact, it's, it, though they have to pay a percentage for using the card. Oh. So it counts. But anyway. It is a. It, it's do you know good. where tip comes from, by the way? It's not to ensure promptness, is it? It's not. No, that's a backronym, as they call it. Um, it goes is related to uh, a tip or a tap on the shoulder, and the uh, the first tips were actually information that was passed by one criminal oh. to another. Yeah, well, my father used to do that. He thought that was quite funny, saying to the cab driver, "Can I give you a tip?" And the cab driver <laughs> said, "Yes, please." And he said, "Well, I recommend uh, red rum at the three ten from Exeter." <laughs> no, yeah. I bet they love that. Yeah, they not. Don't. Um, okay, well, the sherbet is um, a cab, simply. That's um, rhyming slang based on, do you remember sherbet dabs? I do, of course. Oh, the sherbet, sweet sherbet dabs. Sherbet. I had one the other day. They don't sherbet. work any longer. They're too sweet. Oh. I loved it. Licorice into the le- yellow. Mm. Oh, the sher- oh, it was fantastic. Absolutely. Okay, uh, the hickory. Dickory dock, the meter, so that's rhyming slang for clock. So what's what's the, the amount on the hickory? If you have a binder, if you're a, a cabbie, you have a really long wait at the rank. Why is it called a binder? We just know. Uh, I guess it just... Oh, it's, it's a bind. Binder, it's a real bind, yeah. Oh. It's wait your time. Um, a butter boy uh, is a novice cabbie, one who is but a boy. Oh, so I not like a newbie, he, but a butter boy. He's a butter boy, um, I like it. But a butterfly, on the other hand, is one who only works in the summer. Oh. Yeah, just a bit of a dilettante, I suppose. A Churchill is quite nice. Um, you'll hear cabbies sometimes still talking about going to have a Churchill, and that's a meal because Churchill, Winston Churchill, gave cabbies the right to refuse a fare when they were eating. That's the only time that they can say, no, I, I can't, I'm afraid. I can't take you anywhere because I'm having a Churchill. Oh, it's a break that's allowed. When Churchill was prime minister, he allowed yes. them to have a break. Yes, and that's that's... It's retained now, I think. You may not know this, or if you do, tell me, but if you don't, look it up and tell me another day. Somebody told me recently, it was a relative of Winston Churchill's, that Winston Churchill introduced the phrase United Nations. Oh, I didn't He know. came across it somewhere, a literary turn of phrase, United Nations, and came up with the term United Nations that gave us the United Nations. Oh. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Yeah. I've not heard that before. Anyway, I need to go look on. that one up. Um, okay. Can we speak? 
So a leather ass is a cabbie who's worked particularly long hours. Oh, yes, we get that one. Um, and you might have to be a leather ass during the kipper season. Kipper season was a slow season in taxi terms, apparently from the days when cabbies could only really afford to eat kippers. Oh, mm. I'm partial to a kipper. And probably a kipper at breakfast is quite expensive now and a bit of a rarity. Yeah. But in those days, yes, the idea of children gnawing kippers' heads in the, you know, Streets of London in the 1870s. Yeah. The rag muffins, yep. the tattered emalians. Okay, a musher who's a cabbie who owns their cab as opposed to one who rents it, as most do. And on the cotton, I like this one. On the cotton is the shortest distance between two points, but as straight as a thread of cotton between the starting and finishing lines on their map. Ooh. So let's hope that every cab driver will take you somewhere on the cotton. And then, oh, just so many for passengers, because most cabbies will tell you that despite the sort of annoyances, that the variety of passengers, you know, makes their job worthwhile. Lots of exceptions. You might have a puker, which is common, common term that they will use. And um, there's also a bilker. A bilker is a passenger who runs off without paying. And I can't quite find out why. So if anyone knows. A bilker. I think it must be an acronym, but yeah, bilker. How wonderful they Well, not how wonderful, how terrible. They are all They get out of the cab and just disappear. And by the yeah. time the cabbie's set foot yeah. chasing them, they don't catch up. Exactly. Uh, the cage is the area where we sit, the passengers. A cock and hen. If you've got a cock and hen in the back, you've got a male and female passenger. Uh, single pen, single pin is a solo passenger. Um, and a golden roader is the dream ticket, really. That's someone who really wants to go far out into the suburbs. Um, they love all that. But it's the, it's the kind of landmarks, and then I'll shut up. It's the landmarks where I absolutely love it because London cabbies have a whole lot of nicknames for the various destinations that are on, on the map. Shall I give you some? Mm. Okay. Den of Thieves or Fagin's Kitchen is the stock exchange. Oh, my goodness. So I if know. I got into They're a cab and said, insulting. I need to go to the Den of Thieves, he'd know. It was I think the he would Threadneedle know. Street. Is it Threadneedle? Somewhere around there. That's the Bank of England, isn't it? Anyway, somewhere in the city of London. Yes. Yeah. The Dirty Dozen, this goes back to the olden days, 12 roads through Soho. Uh, they run between Regent Street and Charing Cross Road. Um, I have to say, I lived, lived in Soho for a long time. It definitely wasn't dirty then. Well, not really. Down the Wasp. That's Walpole Street, Anderson Street, Sloan Avenue and Pelham Street. Mm. Um, my favourite, possibly. Guess what the gas works might be? The gas works. I don't know. Battersea? No, what institution might be the gas works? Oh, the Houses of Parliament. Very good. At Westminster, I'm going down the gas works. Very good. The scent box. It's excellent wordplay, but it takes a little the bit of unravelling. This one. The scent box. box. Nothing to do with perfume. Well, it's the rank at King's Cross Station. Oh, it's rank because it <laughs> smells. Rank. The scent box, I love it. Exactly. It's clever stuff. They're um, clever people, cabbies often, aren't they? They really are. Another institution here for you, um, the tripe shop. The tripe shop. Was yeah. that going to be back to Westminster? No. The talking tribe? No. Law courts? Broadcasting house. Oh, spot on. <laughs> um, the flower pot? Covent Garden. Very good. Because it used to be at the home of the flower market. Hasn't been there for many years. Exactly. Um, this is an interesting one, looking back in history. The Resistance. That's Harley Street, so-called because apparently it's private doctors um, resisted the formation of the NHS. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so many. The rat hole is the rancor embankment. The Kremlin is the cab shelter by Albert Bridge. The Dead Zoo is the National History Museum, Natural History Museum, um, and so on and so on. And the pipe, for any visitors to London, uh, you'll recognise this. The pipe is the Black Wall Tunnel because it's clogged with traffic. Oh, do you That's like it. talking to cab drivers? Are you chatty? Um, it depends. Um, I, it's quite difficult now because they've got so much kind of yeah. separating us and them, unless you really shout. Uh, so I, I haven't found it very easy to have a very natural conversation. But yes, when I do, I do enjoy it. Were you on Countdown when politics. Kenneth Williams was a regular? No, I never met Kenneth Kenneth, who was a good friend of mine, he loved to tell the story of getting into a cab and the cab driver told him, you know, Kenneth, Kenny, last week in the back of the cab I had Bertrand Russell the greatest philosopher in the Western world. And I said to him, Kenny, I said to him, Bert, Bert, what's it all about? And the bleeder didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. So they can, be, they can be full of fun. Yeah. I, in fact, spend most of my time on the underground or the bus, so I don't mm. very often go on a cab. Yeah. I, and I have not got an account with whatever that firm is called, the famous Uber. firm. Uber. Uber. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting, that's a word that's gone worldwide and it's just... The name meaning over, it's the German word over? Uh, yes. Um, so it's just a bit of like linguistic inflation, isn't it, normally? Like you have the Ubermeister or I'm uber cold or I'm uber drunk, whatever. Thank you for sharing all that hack, hackneyed, it's not hackneyed knowledge, it's new knowledge as far as I'm concerned. Should we take a break? Let's. Shall I stop the meter? Yes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girly? Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. If these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. This is Something Rhymes with Purple. I'm Giles Brandreth, and I'm challenging my friend Susie Dent about Butterboy, which she is telling me is London cabbie's slang for he's Butterboy. He's mm-hmm. new to the profession of being a cab driver. I had heard from a cabbie that Butterboy was because these new people come along, the new young ones, and steal our bread and butter. Ah. Young lads coming in, they think they know it all, they steal our bread and butter. Do you mm, think that's possible? Yeah, very possible. I yeah. like that too. I mean, yes, I was literally going on what was told to me by the cabbies that I met, but, you know, who knows? There are so many apocryphal stories, as we know, attached to word origin. So. I heard from another cabbie that Oranges and Lemons is their nickname for the main roads mm-hmm. in London. That they have to learn for the knowledge. And he didn't explain why it was called Oranges and Lemons. Do you have any idea? Um, Could it be because the routes on the old A to Zs were Oranges and Lemons, the main routes? Oh, the main roads were either orange in colour or or yellow. 
I love eight sides. Do you still use one? No, <coughs> I don't. Oh, I'm, I afraid I'm sat nav dependent. Are you? I get totally lost. Mm. And that's why I literally on the sat nav have driven across a field once. I was going, <laughs> I mean, I was going down really to not alone. somewhere on the south coast and I just followed the sat nav and it took me into a field. And I stupidly went. I obeyed what the voice told me to do. How can one be that's, so that's stupid? That's it. You just become lulled into this sort of sense of comfort, don't you? And are you, I mean, we need a word actually for the panic that you feel when your sat nav suddenly loses GPS or something. Because oh, we've got one good. for being without your mobile phone. It's not brilliant. Nomophobia. Nomophobia. Yeah. Suddenly realizing you're without your mobile phone. But yeah, we need one for sat nav. Satnav Well, this is something for our listeners. We have a lovely community of purple people, and we love (laughs) you, purple people. people. Thank you very (laughs) much indeed. You can communicate with us on Twitter. We're both on Twitter. I'm Giles B1, G-Y-L-E-S-B1. What are you, Susie? I'm uh, Susie underscore Dent. And and also you can communicate with us directly at Purple Towers, which is purple at something else without a G in something, something else.com. And people do get in touch, which is lovely. And have we had some interesting questions this week? Uh, we have. I think you have some there in front of us and, and you can give well, me a couple. I can try. I'm going to give you one here. Growler. growler. Oh, no, not practical growlers. Well, because this a growler. This is becoming the leitmotif of our show. Well, a growler in, in Victorian times, I know, because again, because of my reading of Arthur Conan Doyle and Sherlock Holmes, a growler was a, a form cab. of London cab, wasn't oh, it? Ah, fantastic. It growled along the roads. So here are two more versions sent into us by Martin Cable. A small pork pie, I think this is generally a northern thing, he says, or a small iceberg mm-hmm. is a growler. Oh, wow. Dear Susie and Giles, I work as an English language assistant at a university in the north of Italy, and I love your podcast, which I discovered fairly recently. It's like a sort of magical language mind producing one linguistic gem after another. Well, isn't that nice? That's nice. Thank you. What's her name? Her name is Elizabeth Gregson. Thank you, Elizabeth. This week, inspired by the podcast, I decided to give my students a word they wouldn't know and ask them what they thought it might mean. (laughs) <laughs> the word I gave them was grog blossom. Oh, one of my favourites. It is one of your favourites. Their answers were creative and fun. Among the answers they came up with were, this is for grog blossom, a pond flower a frog might jump onto. Oh. Isn't that enchanting? That's gorgeous. A flower which has failed to develop correctly. <laughs> a cup shaped like a blossom and a warm brew which comes out of a plant. Mm. That she no, says, I mean, that she adds in brackets, maybe more appropriate if the word had been blossom grog. <laughs> My favourite definition, says Elizabeth, interpreted grog as a portmanteau of a girl and a frog and had the, un- the meaning of an ugly girl who glows up to become beautiful. As in, wow, she turned out to be a real grog blossom. Like That's a frog clever. turns into a prince. Isn't that brilliant? And yes, I do mean glow up. My students tell me that it's a real phrasal verb meaning to become something beautiful. Can you confirm? Can you confirm that? Have you heard of it before? To glow up? Mm, no. <clears throat> I, well, only in makeup terms. Oh, well, but she's yeah, saying. Yeah, I like exactly. that. Of course, nobody knew the correct definition of grog blossom, a reddening of the nose after drinking alcohol. But once I told them, they came up with some great examples in sentences. Quote, on a Friday night at the Christmas market, one can see many impressive grog blossoms. <laughs> There's no way anyone will believe you haven't been drinking with that grog blossom. And as an adjective, my grog blossomed aunt asked me about my sexual orientation. I didn't inquire any further. Next week, I'm going to see what my students make of trampus. 
Yes, love that. What was trampoose? Trampoose is to trudge along reluctantly. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Thank you, Elizabeth Gregson. A really fascinating letter and our best wishes to you and your students. This made me think of um, of a game because, you know, you've you've appeared, haven't you, Darzon? I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. I have. Um, and they have the most wonderful game of coming up with alternative definitions for everyday words. And Graham Garden, who lives quite near me, actually, sent me a lovely set of cards from the Uxbridge English Dictionary. I'll give you some and then maybe our listeners can come up with some others as well. Perversion, the cat side of the story. The perversion. Oh. One of my favourites is faculty, as in there's no more PG tips. That's faculty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's genius. That's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> floral is foreplay on the carpet. Hold uh, on. Floral? Floral. <laughs> oh, very good. I got it. Intermittent or intermittent, where I go when camping. Intermittent. Oh, I love it. Intermittent. I love it. Um, intermittent. And... This is probably my favourite, and it certainly made us laugh here in my family. Catastrophe, cat-ass-trophy, feline rear of the year award. <laughs> Catastrophe. They are I genius. The team on, I'm they sorry, I'm so you, are genius. Yeah. And he, Tim Brooke Taylor and Graham Garden are two wonderful, brilliant human beings. They certainly are. So anyway, if anyone's got any to add, purple at something else.com. No G in the something. Now, those were invented definitions. You've got real definitions for real words. Every week, if you're new to our podcast, welcome. We love having you with us. And this is the moment I love particularly because every week, Susie introduces us to words that we may not be familiar with. And she gives us the definition, the true definition of the word. What are the words this week? Okay, well, we are sitting in front of a fire, aren't we? Mm. It is actually a beautiful day today, a sunny day, but um, I can never get too much of a log fire. And if you like to bask either in the sun or in the warmth of a log fire in the winter, you are beaking, B-E-E-K-I-N-G. Now, I have been warned by several people not to look for alternative definitions in any slang dictionary because occasionally they are uh, obscene but I've no idea what this one means in in that sense but beaking in my dictionary means to bask in the sun or the warmth of the fire the second one do you have you any idea Giles what that blob perfect swish really of toothpaste on toothpaste ads might be called Hilarious. Of course, I, I'm not familiar with this because like the Prince of Wales, my valet squeezes the tube of toothpaste. And the, you mean that little bit of toothpaste that's on the, the perfect, the perfect one with a little sort of tip at the end and a little round at the front. Cute. That yes. is a nurdle. A nurdle? Yes. A perfect little dollop of toothpaste yes. is a nurdle. Is a nurdle. Oh, I love it. Isn't that wonderful? I uh, can't promise that anyone will ever have a chance to use it. I know this is for the language that's got everything. Yeah. Introduces the word nurdle. Speaking of having everything, I'm not looking at either my producer or you, Giles, at the moment. Um, Dassy Pygel. That's D A S Y P Y G A L. Dassy Pygel. It means having hairy buttocks. Oh, good grief. <laughs> I leave it there. I think let's let's definitely leave it there. Yeah, I always just say the word for everything. There is a word for everything, and Dassy Beigel is is not. It's a word I hope I never have to use. But it's it's a useful word to have in your repertoire. So thank you for your trio. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast. If you've enjoyed it, do please give us a nice review or recommend us to a friend. Let's grow the purple community. If you've a question you'd like to ask or you'd just like to get in touch, you can also email us at purple at something else. 
www.ghostwriterscoach.com. Yeah. And it's wonderful if we've got listeners all over the world. I know, it's fantastic. Um, we can't answer every question, but we will try our best and we genuinely read every single one of them. Something Rhymes with Purple is a Something Else production produced by Lawrence Bassett with additional production from Jemima Rathbone, Steve Ackerman and Gally. Now, if anybody has got Dassie, <laughs> I bet it is Gully, <laughs> but I'm not going to check. <laughs>